On the Bill of Rights, let me move on a little bit now and go to the last of the ten, which is, in fact, the Tenth Amendment. Um, and, and then, and then here's, here's what I want to talk about on this. Um, the, the Tenth Amendment, the powers not delegated to the United States by the Constitution, nor prohibited by it to the states, are reserved to the states respectively or to the people. In other words, when you read Article One, Section 8, Article One, Section 8 is that portion of the Constitution where it explains what it is that Congress can do. If it's not in that listing or if it does not relate to that listing, then what you have to do is say, then that is not something that falls to the federal government. That falls to the states. Hence, to the states or respectively to the people. The original Constitution of 1788 contained scant restrictions, very few, on the ways in which the power of the national government could be exercised against the people. It guaranteed, for example, the right to trial by a jury in criminal, although not civil cases. It placed limits on prosecutions and punishments for treason. It forbade bills of attainder and ex ex post facto laws. Ex post facto laws are laws that punished conduct that was legal when it happened. Let me simplify it for you. Let's say that out here uh, on Maples Road, what's our speed limit out here? 35 on Maples Road, theoretically? 40? Okay, so it's 40. Don't you know? I never look at the speedometer. Um, No, but let's say it's 40, okay? And all at once, you get a ticket for going 47. But then when you look at the sign, you realize that just this week they took it from 47 to 50. Um, why why am I getting this ticket? Well, because yeah, but it but the law changed, ex post facto. Yeah, was it what was the law at the time that you were caught? The sense of the convention delegates was that a bill of rights, in the context of the federal constitution, a lot of them thought it was unnecessary and maybe even dangerous. It was considered unnecessary because the national government was a limited government that could only exercise those powers granted to it by the Constitution. So in other words, that's me looking at you right now going, you have nothing to fear from the national government. Article 1, Section 8. And they're not going to act outside of that. Really? Is that what you think? Look, they've been granted no power to violate the most cherished rights of the people, uh, no need for provision to protect freedom of speech against Congress, because, and James Wilson is one of them that said this, there is given the general government no power whatsoever concerning it. Edmund Randolph made the same point regarding freedom of religion. This is the one, I'm waiting for this fight to come to the floor someday. And when it does, uh, I, and maybe about as many people as we can cram in about 10 buses, will take off for the Capitol and stand there and tell them, you are messing with our religion you're, you're messing with our closely held faith. And from all that we understand of our Constitution and of the Bill of Rights, you have nowhere to stand to come to me to talk about my religion. Look, 
no part of the Constitution, even if it was strictly construed, will justify an inclusion that the general government could take away or impair our freedom of religion. It's not in there. Do you remember separation of church and state? Where's that at? It's not in the Constitution. Where is it? It's in a letter written to the Danbury Baptists by one of the founding fathers, and he said, uh, so often, many are saying there is no separation of church and state, and he says, I will concur to you, there is a separation of church and state. But that wall of separation is a one-directional wall. It keeps the government out of faith, but it does not keep religion out of the government. Now, does that sound like anything you've heard come from Capitol Hill in the last 50 years? And yet, that is exactly the way the Constitution is construed. Here's, here's, this is what gets my goat. My apologies to all area farmers. This is just what really gets my goat, okay? Starting back in the early 60s with the days of Madeline Murray O'Hare and others, when they started screaming and ranting and raving, and this is unfair, and we've got to stop this, and yada, 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 we need to put it into it. Okay, in the midst of all that, out of trembling fear and knocking knees, people on Capitol Hill and in, and in state house capitals, um, people began to become fearful, and then they start to tremble. Well, you go all the way from Madeline Murray O'Hare talking about no prayer in schools. No, it's a separation of church and state. You know, you, you go into all that, which is not in the Constitution, but we gave that territory to them anyway. This nonsense of you come to me and tell me that my daughter in school, that you're providing her transportation and the wherewithal to go have her sex change operation— in fact, it's already being done right then, and you just never told me. That conversation is going to end real fast. Real fast. Because you don't have the right to do that. None. Edmund Randolph said, when it came to freedom of religion, no part of the Constitution, even if strictly construed, will justify a conclusion that the general government can take away or impair the freedom of religion. The inclusion of a Bill of Rights, they said, would be dangerous, but because it might suggest the national government had powers that it had actually been granted. They're grabbing powers all over the place right now that they haven't been granted. Here's the problem. We don't know our Bill of Rights. We don't stand up there and, and fight and say, Senator so-and-so from such a state, uh, God bless you, sir, but shut up. You're stepping into a realm that you have zero power. When a police officer pulls you over on the side of the road, there is nothing wrong with saying, when he says, uh, do you know why I pulled you over? For you to look at him and say, no, sir, no, ma'am, would you please explain it to me? And for your safety, would you please step to the other side of my car and address me through the passenger window because I don't want anything to happen to you standing out here on the freeway next to my car. And let them explain to you why it is they pulled you over 
or why it is they're arresting you or why it is they're taking you in. Let them explain it to you. I understand the people in blue love the people that wear a badge. I do. I genuinely, truly do. But every once in a while, if they get out of alignment, I need to know my rights. But when they say, do you know why I pulled you over today? I'm assuming, sir, you're about to explain it to me. And then they should be able to explain it to me. They give me a copy of the ticket, yes? And this explains what you've done. I don't get tickets usually. I just, I don't. Kim has had a few. It's been a long time. Many tickets in your life? None? Okay. I know Heather has like, I think Heather wallpapers her bathroom at home with the tickets that she's had. You know, not a lot? Oh, you're just, okay. Uh, but anyway, but they have they have to sit there and they have to verify to you, do you know why I pulled you over? Had a guy pull me over one time. This is, this is no kidding. Coming back from a parade in, it was either Huntington or Columbia City. This is like 20 years ago. And he pulls me over and he says, do you know why I pulled you over? And I said, no, sir. He said, well, I know you're coming from the parade, wherever it was. And for whatever reason, it was my day to drive the truck back. Okay. So I'm driving and I pulled over. He said, I just wanted to see if in real life, if you were as ugly as the picture on the side of the truck. That's not funny. Heather, why are you laughing? That's not funny. It's not funny. I think it was Huntington, and the guy was great. I mean, he was a lot of fun, but, you know, when you first see the bubbles going off in, behind you, you know, in your rearview mirror and the red and blues, it scares the crud out of you. First thing you do, you look down. I'm not over the speed limit, you know, so, and then you look down and you panic, you know. Um, some people, not me, some wet themselves, but there's just there's just a lot that can happen when you, you would that be you? Okay, yeah. Um, the federal government, when they say to me, you can't do church where you've got live animals in your auditorium for Christmas. You can't do church where you meet five times a week. You can't do church where some of you and your parishioners go downtown and you march around the courthouse square, not screaming or yelling or hollering at anybody, but just marching with your signs and making your point known. You can't do that. Show me in my Constitution. Where in here does it say I can't do that? Do I not have the right to, uh, for freedom? Do I not, not have the right to uh, come together? Do I not have the right to address grievances? Do I, what right am I violating? Well, there are other people in the community that are a little um, uncomfortable with you doing what you're doing. So if you have people down here screaming, hollering, and ranting, and raving over accusations, true or false, about race or sex or whatever else you want, that's okay, but not religion. I want to know, I want to know when Jesus Christ became a criminal in the halls of government and in the halls of our schools and colleges. I want to know where that happened. And I'm just telling you, all the way back when Madeline Murray O'Hare started her nonsense in the early 60s, I'm telling you, Christians lay down, folded their legs, and we gave up property. We had better learn our Bill of Rights. Learn them. And we better grab our rights and pull them back. The day will come, by the way, when somebody will come busting into this studio 
or the new one at the new building if they ever get that done. But the day will come and they will come busting into the studio and they'll say, you no more can say anything more about Jesus Christ or the Jews or faith or anything. Let's see here. Article one. Hey, look, it says I can. So, and then I would look at them very sweetly and gently, and you guys watching me right now, you know I'm very good at sweetly and gently. And I would look at them and say, so what I read you now from the Bill of Rights and what I read you from the Constitution, which of us are more in alignment with our constitutional government, you or me? And if I'm really smart, I'll hit the button and I'll make sure I'm on air when I do this, okay? I mean, even if I'm in the middle of a commercial break, if I just go, hey, I just want you guys to hear this for a minute, and I kick the mic on, okay? Because, look, the day's going to come. Either somebody within our company will come in here and say, okay, Miller, you need, to, you need to cool it. You need to back off. How come? Well, we're getting a lot of letters. Okay. So that means people are listening, right? Isn't that the general idea? Yeah, but we don't want – you don't want to be troubled and bothered by what might happen. And if they come in as some kind of a law enforcement, you want to just come in here and enforce the law against me, and you don't even know what law you're enforcing. That's the problem. We'd better find out. We'd better know. And I'm telling you right now, the 10th Amendment is the key to all of it. Because the 10th Amendment says, just in case you missed it, if there's nothing that says in their uh, allowed rights that the federal government can do this, if there's nothing there that says they can do it, then guess what? They can't. Because that falls to the states and to the people. And do you know why that is? I'm telling you that as soon as we come back. Why would they want that to go to the states and not to the federal government? There's a reason, and I'll tell you about it straight ahead. Podcasts by Federated Media.